Hey Tim, how's it going? I'm pissed, David. You're pissed. I'm, I'm sorry pissed to hear off. that. Yes, what are you, what are you pissed going off to about? Hell in a handbasket. Can't yeah. trust conservatives. Who's uh, holding the handbasket today? Well, I don't know. It's 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 collectivists. Collective. They're collectively holding it. Yes. Give All me right. some hope here that we're not going to hell. I don't think we're going to hell. No. Does that give you enough hope, or do I have to give some reason? I think you're going to need to do a little bit more work here. All right. You're going to need to do a little bit more work. I'll think of a better answer or reasons why we're not going to hell for next time. But today we wanted to talk about you sort of, you said conservatism, pragmatism, and and, and the right, the quote right wing generally, um, or the new right, and how, how the right wing is shifting. Because, yeah. you know, I had been hopeful that the right wing was going to shift. Like, I think... The future is libertarian. I believe that truly. Um, once millennials wake up yeah. and take responsibility, I think it naturally falls in line. But that's not happening anytime soon, it seems, unfortunately. So why don't you tell us a bit about what you're what you're seeing now with the 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 right and, and what's happening? Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's becoming more and more evident that the, the right is losing the plot. I don't know if it ever had the plot though. And, you know, I think a lot of this is um, maybe my own projection, right? Cause I remember libertarianism was the, the hot ticket uh, during the Ron Paul era, right? In 2012, mm. it was like, Oh man, this is we're, we're on the right trajectory here. This is gaining in steam. You know, the last election uh, in 2015 was the best year our party's ever had more and more people are identifying as libertarian. Um, but, you know, I, I saw a shift after that. The, the populism is kind of sweeping through. And I think this happens every so often, right? Like I remember in the 90s, the Reform Party was largely fueled by libertarians going, okay, we got this now. Like we're pushing the, the liberty agenda and yeah. all this energy infused into conservative politics. And then, you know, it, it was fractured at that point and they all kind of coalesced around the CPC and, you know, there's a lot of libertarians supporting Harper, but Harper has pretty much denounced libertarians. I mean, he said at a Manning conference, basically that libertarians are terrible and, you know, libertarians have become disenfranchised with the cons like, they, but they keep getting sucked back into the conservative movement. Like the yeah. conservatives promise to be the great hope that will save Western civilization. And as much as we'd love to support the libertarian ticket this time, Tim, we got to go with, uh, we, we can't risk the left coming to power, right? And I think that's mm. always kind of been the the uh, <laughs> the the cry of the conservative voter, right? Is that, okay, well, yeah, we like you libertarian ideas better, but we have to vote conservative to protect Western civilization. And mm. has it done anything to protect Western civilization in the last 50, 60, 100 years? No, it hasn't. Voting conservative and liberal has not helped at all. Government hasn't shrunk one iota under conservatism, all this pragmatism of, uh, you know, we can't vote our highest values, we have to vote uh, against our worst fears has, has gotten us nowhere, right? And, and you just go down the line. And, and I think, you know, the, the quote I would use is that conservatism is simply progressives, progressivism driving the speed limit, right? So it, mm -hmm. it just, it might slow down the advance. But, you know, it, it's, they, they continually adopt leftist strategy and leftist philosophy right and and 
like it it it, it never seems to stop. Like the, the latest thing now is um, there there was a conservative nationalist or nationalist conservative conference in the in the states, and they had you know Tucker Carlson and Steve Bannon and Peter Thiel who seemed fairly libertarian at one time, um, and all these like conservative figureheads at this conference talk and, and even Rush Limbaugh is, you know, parroting their talking points now of basically government spending and taxation isn't the most important thing. Like that, that doesn't matter as much as economic nationalism or as Elizabeth Warren uh, portrays it, economic patriotism, right? Brilliant move by, by Warren there because like Tucker Carlson's fanboying over her policies, right? Yeah. And what is economic patriotism or economic nationalism it's this idea that we need to to limit trade with other countries that that you david can't be trusted to trade with other countries you have to buy canadian or whatever um it it limits um so so it's all about tariffs it's all about highly regulating the economy like tucker carlson has said that he wants to ban autonomous trucking <laughs> trucks right because he mm-hmm. he wants to save jobs as if jobs are what uh, undergird an economy or something like that. Um, so, so the left and the right that th- have essentially converged economically, right? And and I think this has always been somewhat the case. Like there, you know, when people yeah. say fiscal conservatism, I, I've never known what that meant because spending and taxes always seem to be about the same under a conservative government as they do under a liberal government. Yeah. Here in Canada, there's there's not a huge difference. Like, <clears throat> but you know, ninety nine cents on the dollar. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a little bit frustrating, and I think maybe a lot of the some of the frustration is pointed at myself because I was kind of buying into some of this rhetoric, right? Like all the all the podcasters I talk to, you know, the biggest thing is being anti left is pushing back on the left it's adopting their strategies and pushing back right yeah. well you've, you've they've essentially become the left now i mean there's well that's there's what happens the, when you fight their battle right yeah i mean they're, they're alinskyites just like the left is now right and so th- this has contributed to tribalism it's con- contributed to a fracturing of our um of our culture and our our civilization and it's down the exact wrong lines right like you know, I would, if there's going to be fracturing, I would prefer it to be authoritarians versus libertarians. But now we've got, um, you know, lib- now we've got the, the battle seems to be. And so now libertarians are going to have to pick a side at, at some point. Like if it comes down to a civil war, we have to decide which type of authoritarianism we're, we're most comfortable with. Yeah. Um, right. And so we'll, are we going to pick the commie side? Or Just the create our side? own guerrilla militia. Yeah. Uh, but so, it's interesting because now that, yeah, now that conservatism and liberalism have become economically so similar, it makes sense that that lays the groundwork for them to strongly feud on like social justice issues, right? right. And like that's all the conversation well, is the now because, too, right? Yeah. Like it's like, well, we value diversity. Oh, multiculturalism sucks. And like, what, what are you guys even talking about? What is this yeah. argument? What do, what, do you, what do you even mean by these terms? Like, you know, I don't, I don't get it. I, you know, well, to I me, think, the smallest minority is the individual, right? So yeah. we have as much diversity as we have individuals in a society. Well, I mean, so it's there not. Was, there was a an ad, like an adage or whatever. I don't know if that's the right word in 
Bill Clinton's time, like it's the economy, stupid, right? Like that is right. what actually wins. And so I, I've been saying for a year or two that actually the first political party that comes out with a proper, coherent economic message for the future will win. Like that's what millennials want. If you actually, in my experience, the ones that are awake. So, uh, you know, only 66 percent sure. of millennials are awake and they're not talking. But the ones that are awake are concerned about buying a home, but they know that they shouldn't just get a loan from the government to buy a home. Right. And they right. know that automation is going to be a problem and these things. But these the, the new economic issues, especially with jobs and things like that, are so much more complex than they've been before. It's not a manufacturing plant's going to close. It's all million uh, people in a certain job are going to be out of a job nationwide within a, within five years. Right. Right. So I think right. part of it could be fear. Right. They, they're just entrenching into their economic easiness because they don't have any answers. Yeah. And this is yeah, this is where we're going. So, you know, government has contributed to um, economic turmoil. But also, I think there's there is um, a narrative being sold. Right. That that mm. we're going <laughs> we're going like the economy sucks and. Um, the only thing that's going to save it is a strong authoritarian leftist or rightist, right? Um, yeah. That that's a, that is a convenient narrative for both the left and the right. I mean, this is what Donald Trump won on. Whether you know, I, I just don't know that many people that are unemployed or hurting financially right now. But to hear voter, the average voter talk, it's like, oh my God, Trudeau's going to ruin the country, and so we have to vote conservative. Like we we just have to uh, to avoid that catastrophe. Um, and okay, uh, like you're, you're, you've got a good job. Like how, so, so there's this fear narrative that's going out there that is driving everything. Right. And, and political parties bolster this political ideologues bolster this, but really, um, you know, all, all they're interested in is power and putting their boot on your neck as far as I can tell. Yeah. And so what what is particularly frustrating to you about it? Because you really wanted to talk about this issue because yeah. it's shifting, but it's shifting improperly or it's shifting like poorly. Right, right. Well, yeah, I guess really what it is, is I look at what's pissing me off on Facebook and I need to say something about <laughs> it. Right. Uh, so, you know, I posted this thing the other day. Maxine, there was, I can't remember what riding in Ontario, I think London North or something like that. The Conservatives dropped one of their candidates because he said some controversial things, replaced him with a more optically suitable candidate. Mm -hmm. uh, so they dropped this Muslim fella. The PPC picked him up. Yeah. And they're swooped in there and like, we saved the day. Like, Sheer circumvented his own nomination process and chose a more politically correct candidate for the. And, and it turns out that like the PPC. It that. turns out that the PPC did the exact same thing. They brought in this guy that the conservatives threw out and they turfed their candidate that had gone through the PPC nomination process. Yeah. You know, and, and I have all these people saying, trying to justify this. Well, this is just politics. This is pragmatic, right? This is what you have to do to win elections. I don't deny that. But my point is, look, you can't like j just the hypocrisy of it. Like, um, yeah. They're, they're doing the exact same thing that they're lambasting the conservatives for doing. Uh, but, but this is what, this is the danger of conservatism and pragmatism, right? Is that it's all about getting votes. And, and to me, unless you're willing to throw away all the votes to, to advance liberty, advance principles, to advance this philosophy of rationality, um, 
you're you're part of the problem, right? And and so what what is what is happening here is that you you capitulate on all these little things, right, to get votes. So um, the Conservative Party, the reason it's drifting more and more leftward is because they're pragmatists, right? They have to get votes, and to get votes, you have to do what people want, and people are drifting more to the left. So you capitulate on something. You say, okay, well, we need to have some some kind of carbon controls, right? Carbon tax is terrible, but yeah, we're gonna do, we're gonna con- do some carbon, carbon controls because we care we care about climate catastrophe that's coming, right? So you've capitulated a little bit. You have to do that, right? That they're, they're being pragmatic. That's how they're gonna get votes, right? Saying there's no such thing as climate change isn't likely to get them the centrist votes that they're looking for that are gonna bring them into power. So they have to say, yep, yeah, science. We acknowledge that. We have to do something about carbon, and so so they capitulate continually. And then the next election cycle, it's going to be whatever, you know, the, the, the latest leftist talking point is. They're going to have to capitulate on that. But that's what you have to do when you embrace this pragmatic philosophy. And that's why conservatives are completely impotent to stop uh, the, the, the rise of statism and, and the decline of Western civilization and culture. Well, a lot of them still argue for it in some respects, too, right? They still agree with being involved, uh, the state being involved in your life in some issues, like drugs uh, and, and prostitution, the, the social conservative things. Listeners to this podcast get a one-week free trial to the Warrior Path. So sign up now. The details are below. I was coming off a stint in management uh, when I signed up for the Warrior Path, and I was pretty soft. I'm not going to lie to you, David. <laughs> I was uh, out of shape. I was huffing, and I had to come back to the floor kick indoors, hump hose, fight fire, and I needed to get into shape. And Chad Kirkham at the Warrior Path definitely got me into shape. Uh, you know, I've, I've never felt better, to be honest. And he had an app that tracked the progress. I sent videos to him. Uh, it, was, it was a really slick application, actually. I, I would send videos. He'd correct my form, send me little tips and, and videos. And, uh, and whenever, whenever I needed, he was available. And I'll tell you, I, I put on, I think, about 50% on all my personal records in about a two-month period uh, working with the Warrior Path. These people, you know, they, they don't have an underlying philosophy or principle, right, that I can see. Um, or, or if they do, they, they hide it for the sake of pragmatism, right? They, they adopt. Uh, so... I, well, I think one he's... thing that's important to note is that they're chasing these votes, um, yet 40% or more of people don't vote. And they're still dismissed as, oh, they'll just never vote, not we've yet to find a product good enough that they'll buy, right? In no other, right. in what industry would some major players see 40% don't buy any product and, oh, they'll just never buy our product? It's like, no. That's the best market share to go after, actually, right? Yeah. Um, because that isn't where we're bite, fighting it out. You have to say, okay, what do these 40% want? Odds are it's nothing that's on the market. What can we be different with? Right. And, and you know, the problem is that those 40% are all going to vote for different things, right? They'll, they'll be motivated to vote for different things. And this is why there's a, a big segment, because no political party can be everything to everyone. Um, and you know, so pragmatic. So, I mean, look at, look at the PPC, right? Are they, 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 they're simply looking at the demographics of voters and saying, okay, who is the most disenfranchised group 
of voters right now who doesn't want to vote conservative or liberal while it's the populists, right? And the populists are who they're trying to attract. And, you know, Maxime Bernier's uh, falling out with the, the conservative party was because he was tweeting out populist type tweets. He wasn't voting out taxation as theft or anything like that. He's voting out multiculturalism is, is dumb. Um, yeah. You know, so obviously trying to go after the populist voice. And so now the, the problem is populists don't have any kind of inherent philosophy. Uh, you know, they, they want more government involvement in all sorts of things. Uh, they, they love the idea of economic nationalism. Some of them love the idea of nationalizing the money supply and, and all these nutty things. Right. And so if Bernie is chasing votes and wants to be pragmatic, he has to he has to hide areas where he might be hardcore libertarian and appeal to these these people uh, yeah. and and so this is and, and as he, if he's successful as he gains popularity that policy is going to have to trend more leftward towards these collectivist ideas that uh, that are endemic in conservatism now that no one's speaking up for right uh, they, they want a strong authoritarian collectivist but a right-wing one uh, at the helm yeah. and Maxime needs to become that if, pop, if populism continues to grow that's who's going to become the next prime minister is a populist prime minister not a libertarian prime minister um, but yeah. we're constantly told that listen yes we get it you know and the libertarians that are supporting max and supporting conservatives are like hey, yeah we and supporting trump are like yeah we we get it um th this isn't ideal but listen we need to put out the fire and we need to stop like if, if we don't put up that wall if we don't embrace these these policies right now we're, we're not going to have anything left of western civilization right um and so so it, and but that has always been the message of conservatism that's always been its message is we need to like george bush said you know i i have uh, violated free market principles to save the free market system right and yeah. and that that is the perfect encapsulation of conservatism we need to violate these principles right now expeditiously so that we can save for the greater good right but in doing so they undermine they cut the legs out from under western civilization and out from under the things that they claim to value so um yeah it, it's frustrating i mean the only thing that's going to change anything is culture and these people continually undermine culture they 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 embrace and promote statism the culture of statism that is the problem yeah, and I think the amount of people that I talk to that think that culture will change based on the state, like, oh, if we force people to do this thing, right. eventually they'll just get used to it. And it's like, what? That is yeah. not the world you should want to live in, but they don't understand it. But it's almost like, you know, the battle you and I are fighting is a longer, it will eventually win, right? But it's a much longer battle. In the meantime, right. who's going to play politics? Right. Like it's it's yeah, I view it kind of like the the kids playing a very dangerous game. Right. Um, and yeah. it's more dangerous in some countries than others, depending on the, the state of it. Canada's at least kind of a wet, like a, a, a lame handshake in, in the scheme of the world. Um, and like we're not going to blow it up uh, with nuclear right. weapons by accident. Um, but it is kind of like people who I think just aren't facing reality playing a game that has big stakes for some people. So all I can do is one, not play their game, focus on what's important and make sure that I'm as protected as possible personally from their game. 
right? right? And I think that is what a lot of people try to do is just check out completely because they know politics isn't real. Um, and and I, I think it's hard to convince them it would be, but they're just focused on their life, right? And that's, you know, this that's true at any, you know, ec economic level and any right. culture. People are just kind of fed up with it. Yeah, and, and you know, it's that old cliche that, uh, you may not care about politics, but politics cares about you and they're coming right. for you, right? So so you can disengage all you want. You can be apathetic and you can just look at all the nuttiness and roll your eyes, and, and but it's coming for you. That nuttiness is coming for you, right? And it, it's on yeah. the left and it's on the right. You know, they, the, the, the only difference is whether it's a left jackboot or a right jackboot, right? And, and, and you know, the rightest, uh, you know, th there's, there's, there's some legitimacy to this idea that you need to push back against leftist ideas, right? But they come over the top, right? They're like, okay, the left wants to use government to impose culture on us while we're going to use government to impose our culture on them, right? They yeah. never thought to think about giving the state all this power to control culture with guns. That's probably not what, do you want your ideological enemy to have even more power to enforce culture when they get into power? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a self but politics self is just an extremely short sighted game, right? They don't view it that way. They view I'm in power. How do I potentially win power again next time? And, 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 you know, and everyone thinks they're in the moral right. I am interested to think what your thoughts are on the idea that the reason there's this populist push for rightism is because of the degradation of manhood in society generally. So because there's this like, uh, you know, masculinity is bad. We don't need the, this, you know, strong father figure. But then people are, are either consciously or unconsciously reacting. No, I do want more of a father type figure to take control. I don't need mommy anymore. I need daddy. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It's um, a, that that's a big part of it, right? Like, again, lost boys are going to either want uh, they're either going to long for that strong father that they never had, or they're going to, uh, demonize the, the father that they never had. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the, so that puts you either in the SJW camp where you're continually describing masculinity as toxicity. As long as we agree right society is still run by the men, the lost boys, not the lost yeah. girls. Sure. I mean, but it's, <laughs> it's the men that are, it's the men that are going to be doing the violence. Quite yeah. To be honest, right? Like, yeah. you know, when it comes down to it, th those are the ones that are are you know that you know like you, you they're the women in their circle prompt them on, encourage them, like you know, like offer them reward for being violent. So mm -hmm. they're they're in this too, but yeah. it's you know we need to get at the people that <laughs> we can't let these lost order. boys be controlled by by their baser instincts or whatever. This is a historical pattern, right? I mean, fascism grew out of a pushback against communism. Um, and, and, you know, so it, it was, but, but again, neither fascism nor communism were particularly great ideologies. They destroyed uh, much of Europe and, and um, you know, it was classical liberalism or, or libertarianism that, preserved it that that um kept the the spark alive and and created all this flourishing uh you know in the po post-world war well and and in the pre i mean we've been flourishing despite 
the best efforts of fascists and communists, right? So yeah. the, these aren't the philosophies that are going to take us into the future that are going to prom- create flourishing in Western civilization. That Western civilization wasn't built on these ideologies, but these are the, the kind of ideologies that are, are creeping in and that are, again, battling it out. And so, um, I mean, you know, all we can do is, is try to argue and persuade and reach out to these people because the, the end result, if, if we fail at persuading people in using our words, ultimately it's going to come down to violence, right? It's going to, that, that's the ultimate, ultimate arbiter, uh, when it comes down to, to it. it, right? Yeah. You're starting to see these clashes in reality and in people's lives. And that is the precursor. It doesn't start with state violence. It starts with violence at, at the you know individual level to defend their principles or lack thereof and yeah. and so it, it's we're starting to see that for the first time in a, in a long time i think so consistently and actively but part of it is also the media plays right into it too right sure. the media is hugely at fault on all counts with everything we've talked about uh in this episode right and particularly they they all they care to do is be alarmists now Right. And, you know, I, I remember growing up like, you know, the, the right wing right now is seen as the defenders of free speech or something. Right. But I remember growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was always the conservatives, that, the right wing that was trying to limit speech. Right. They, they were yeah. limiting. They, they had campaigns to ban different music from, from, you know, stores. They had campaigns to ban porn. They were they were trying to uh ban swearing on tv all these things all all the censorship came from the right primarily right and now it's coming from the left but it's also still there on the right i mean you you listen to donald trump's rhetoric and and um you know he well he he keeps certain news agencies out of press conferences uh he he um brands like he, he wants there to be legislation to to sue i guess or punish uh, his enemies, right, that speak badly about him, um, yeah. and and conservatives eat this stuff up, right, and they, they have no problem uh, violating the free speech of of people that disagree with them or something like that. that, you know, so none of this comes from a philosophical position. This is all collectivism, tribalism, um, and it's going to destroy our nation if we don't start, uh, you know, really taking principles seriously. I mean, that's what principles are for. And now we need to be principled more than ever because, you know, it's easy to be principled uh, when things are going great and, and there's no real yeah. issues. But it's when your back's against the wall and everything's coming down on you that you need them the most, that you need to defend them the most, that you need to promote them the most. And and you can't just throw them out uh, for the sake of some expediency or, or some delusion that if you just get the right guy in power or everything will be better. No, it's the system that needs to be changed. And the system is made up of you and me, David, and and our neighbors and the aggregate beliefs of everyone. And it's the culture, right? What's happening Mm. with our culture? Well, it's being eroded. We could close the borders right now and we're still screwed, right? It's not the immigrants that are ruining our culture. It's it's the political, um, it's the right and the left that are. they're, They're promoting and encouraging uh, and engendering this this culture of statism that's ruining Western civilization. And, um, you know, so so that's where my head's at. That, that's what's worrying me and pissing me off this morning. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, yeah, I guess that's what I just wanted to get that off my chest. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, and I'm and I'm glad we can be fighting the good fight together. Yeah, yeah. give me a case for optimism here, David. You said you were going to change my mind. 